Hey, it's the Great Debates. Yeah. 2019. Right. Wow. Here we are. Anything special about the week or what? <laughs> well, we got the Super Bowl coming up. Oh, and right. So, of course, the Super Bowl. Well, who do we have when it's Super Bowl week? Here's the beauty of Super Bowl week. We've got a tradition now. Mina Kimes is on the show again to talk football and to talk Super Bowl stuff. Mina, welcome back to The Great Debates. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like... I look forward to this. I was I didn't want to email you guys first, but I was like, mm, you know, checking my email. Please, you're, if it would at come. this point, you're a podcast royalty. You have your own podcast. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about that? Or wait a second, do we come here to talk about different no, people's podcasts? No, man, you got it all wrong. We got to get right into it with a micro yes. debate. And I have a topic, and I think Mina's going to take the pro. Right and into I the think fire. That uh, I think that Davis is going to take the con. What do you sure. think about that? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Wow. Not even warming up, just jumping right in. No, okay. no, we jump right into it. So, Mina, are you ready? I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. Four minutes. Okay. The topic is, it's time to end halftime shows. They're too boring. Yeah, um, no brainer, in my opinion. Super Bowl halftime show, everybody talks about it, looks forward to it. And everyone complains about it. When was the last time people were universally happy about a halftime act? Outside of Beyonce, I can't think of a musician or act or performer in America that everyone can get behind. In fact, this year, everyone's really, really upset. It's Maroon 5 and Travis Scott. Most people are angry about it, okay? Now, I'm a little bit biased because I don't like going to live music events, which maybe colors my entire stance on this. But I would much rather see a marching band, some kind of red panda-like, you know, circus act, something I've never seen before. It's the biggest event in America. Can't you imagine, like, what kind of crazy talent, magician, spectacular feats we could Cirque du Soleil would be great? Like, why are we watching something that I can see anytime on television? Okay, let me hop in here. First of all, you know, no, there's nothing that says those couldn't be the halftime acts, but I'll take you at the spirit of the argument, which is the modern yeah. musical, like, headlining yes. act uh, shouldn't be the halftime show. Prince, Bruce Springsteen, when Prince performed uh, halftime and it was started raining, I mean, how magical was that? Okay, maybe everybody doesn't love, I, I don't love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I hated it when they came out with whoever that was, Bruno Mars or something. They're terrible to me, but it was something. It's still entertaining. You don't have to watch if you don't want to. If you're going to end anything about the Super Bowl, let's start with the endless commercials. Let's start with the pregame show and the postgame show, which are literally like almost, I don't know, longer than the, or they are longer than the game itself. The halftime show, you, no one's forcing you to watch. Like you said yourself, everyone's talking about it. Excitement builds up. There's contra. I mean, how isn't it interesting that there's controversy about whether or not Maroon <laughs> Five should even perform the halftime show? People but it's are so talking. Divisive. Well, so is the game itself. I mean, a lot of people love the Patriots. A lot of people hate the Patriots. But no one here is saying it's time to end football because this game is too divisive. Isn't that why we tune in to to for people if, to be if, on both sides? If football brings us together as a country, you know what would really bring us together? A magical act featuring dogs. Have you ever seen the show America's Got Talent when people walk out with like those families of dogs and then they're climbing on other dogs and then they're on the woman's back and then they're doing like a flip or something? Wouldn't people rather see that than Coldplay? Children might. Or 
I mean, there are some kids who might rather see that, but adults like, I, I mean, it's become an institution as much as the game itself has. The production actually, you know, look, is it, is it the kind of show that I would go to see? Usually not, but I have to admit that like the production value of the halftime show by the way, let's not forget about Lady Gaga, who put on an incredible show, incredible drone technology. She pre-taped a segment and then jumped off the roof and then integrated that into the live show. I thought that was pretty successful. I happen to be a Gay Gaga fan, but I didn't think that that was necessarily like more or less awesome than... Um, but, and again, you mentioned Beyonce. Well, now we've covered already like five of the last ten Super Bowl halftime performers have been All like, terrible. I, Wait, I I'm sorry. If I could go back for one second, Mina, are you proposing that we still have halftime shows, but just they have dogs? <laughs> That's what yeah. it sounds like. I'm sorry. I felt like I need to clarify. I want to get rid of the musical performance. Right. Riddle me this. Would you rather watch Maroon 5 yammer their way through whatever song, they, you know, adult alternative songs they have, and Travis Scott comes on, and they pretend to be friends, and everyone writes how terrible it is on Twitter, or... A marching band that makes really cool shapes and a dancing bear. I'd rather have. It's a choice of two. Oh. <sighs> I think That's it's an unfair time. question because. Ah. Buzzer beater. But Deans, what do you think? Well. Dancing bear. <laughs> it's interesting. I, Mina, I'm not quite sure where, where you were saying that we shouldn't have the halftime show qua halftime show that we're used to where it's like a band that no one gives a shit about and now it's all contentious and whatever but we should still have some kind of midpoint entertainment right there's so many options out there i mean this is 2019 think of the incredible entertaining acts that we could install in, the, in place of Coldplay. i don't disagree and davis yeah. you're saying like ah the 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 please as many people as possible musical act is still kind of fun for everybody. Well, it's fun for a lot of people. That's what I'd say. And it gives us some pretty memorable moments, including the cultural supernova that was a wardrobe malfunction. I mean, are we right. going to get rid of that? I, here's my thing is like Dave kind of had me at Lady Gaga because I thought that was <sighs> such a great... <laughs> show but i hear you i think it's hard for me to to pass judgment on any debate relating to football because i haven't watched a single minute of football this year or really last year on purpose i don't think it's we should be watching it anymore so it's hard for me to say like yeah we should have a halftime show it's something i disagree with but lady gaga <laughs> yeah Mina, I've never monsters. been to a Super Bowl. How important is the halftime show to the people who are there? Like, do they just need something to look at during halftime? It's, no, it's really awkward, actually, because so, the way they do it now. So the Lady Gaga performance, I believe, was a lot better on television than in person because, you know, she the pre-recorded jump, obviously, like, that wasn't a thing that happened in the stadium. So, right. and, that you know, it, it's just kind of weird i mean there's no universe in which people are happy about this year's halftime show i mean we're no. really you sort of like threw this out there and then we just didn't come back to it you don't you want to end it because you have <laughs> to go to the super bowl every year and you don't want to sit through a live performance that like you don't have a maybe for some reason like isn't your thing but it so, is better for the million oh sorry 
billions of people watching at home than the people who are there in the, uh, at the arena or whatever. It is. Just based on like internet sentiment, like halftime musical acts seem to make people really, really angry, and animals and marching bands seem to make people really, really happy. Guys, are we in host chat? It does feel I, that way a bit. It does. Mm. Certainly does. Mm. Mina, you're there in Atlanta. What's the vibe? How's it going? Um, so far, I've been to the Atlanta airport. Okay. An Uber that took me from the airport to my hotel room. And the vibe um, there? How was that? <laughs> it's, you know, it's 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 hot. It's did, did your Uber it's driver have a pick? <laughs> did he have a pitch? Did he have a pick for who's going to win? Oh, a pick. Um, no, they're just happy that it's not the Saints, which apparently, you know, the Falcons and the Saints hate gotcha. each other. That's oh, yeah. I've been, um, like, I've run into a few coworkers because we're all staying in the same place, and I've been really trying not to say Hotlanta. Mm. Right. But I it's feel so like I can't pull off ATL. Well, what happened right. to Fatlanta? I thought that was, that had a moment, didn't Fat- it? Fatlanta? With a PH. <laughs> Now, we're recording this on Tuesday. The Patriots are favored by like two and a half at the moment. I just checked the line. Yeah. Do you think that's about right? Where are you coming down? Yeah, I picked the Pats, and I think that line is a little bit low, actually. Um, But not too insulting. That's about right. They've been riding this whole, like, we're the underdogs thing, which is hilarious. Because they were favored in every regular season game and are favored to win the Super Bowl. But it's the new, like Tom Brady, you know, in his goodbye presser or something. He was like, everybody's saying we suck. And that's that's what they're going with. The Look, we didn't come here to talk about year, the Super right? Bowl. We came here to debate. <laughs> but wait, hold on for a second. I just need to catch up. The Pats lost last year, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, it was but good. it was- it was to a team. It was the Eagles, I think, and they there was like some energy and some excitement, and that was like kind of it felt like that carried them over. Does it feel? It doesn't feel like that exists with the Rams. So everybody's like the star of the team is the coach, thirty three year old Sean McVay. The quarterback is really um, boring. Like laid, yeah, yes. He's like a guy that your friend from college is dating who she brings to a party and no one talks to. You know what? So he, nobody really knows how to talk, like what stories to build around him. You know, when I hear Jared Goff interviewed, my first reaction is this guy's a hockey player. He talks like a boring hockey player huh. interviewed after a game because uh, they, for some reason, are all like, uh, you know, low energy, just like cliche, energy, as cliched, yeah. uh, more cliched than any uh, other sport. I'm going to adjust the friend's boyfriend thing. And okay. to me, maybe he's he's more like your friend's older brother who comes back from college and is kind of hot, but then hasn't really developed like a strong personality yet. Okay. okay. That's Jerigoff. And how, where does Tom Brady fit in sort of like going back home for Thanksgiving worlds that where you've put... Uh... I love this. I, yeah. I love casting Ooh. the going home for Thanksgiving football movie. Such a specific scenario. Um, Brady's such an enigma at this point. Like, he's, like, one of those stars to me that transcends knowingness. I mean, if anything, he's just, like, the golden retriever in the backyard running Mm. around. Right, right. Who's amazing at football? A beautiful animal. The best golden retriever of all time. That just, no one can believe there's a golden retriever that good in the neighborhood. It's it's always freakish. (laughs) It's his ninth Thanksgiving? That's what they're saying, but they can't believe it. Guys, let's debate. Let's talk about some tops. 
Okay, Healy, what are you itching Dude. to debate? Or well, yeah. I'm gonna just throw out some tops. People tell me uh, what they think is hot. Medina, weigh in here. Footballs are too pointy. I love that. The, hey, if that is a biter, we can bite on that. Uh, two out of the three of AOC, Jeff Bezos, and Billy McFarland of Fire Festival will watch the Super Bowl. Uh, wow. There's no job that Tony Romo wouldn't thrive at. Belichick would beat McVeigh in the octagon. Any of those jumping out? Moderator, make a call here. Mm. Well, I like the idea that the football is too pointy. <laughs> I, I strongly feel the football is too pointy, and I'm prepared to take the pro on it. Mina, do you want Mina? to defend the structural integrity of the sure. football? Okay, let's yeah, keep this I'll, one I'm short. I put, some time, I put a small amount of time on the clock for this one. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and launch. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. The football is too pointy. I'm sorry. The game would be more fun if the ball were a little less pointy. It is tough for kids to play. It pokes you in the eye. It's a little difficult. There's no reason why we couldn't soften it a bit. We could put a bit of nerf on the end. I'm not sure the solution. Roundify it a bit. Then their kicking game could get a lot more interesting and exciting. The bounces would be maybe even a little stranger than they are currently. The way the ball goes end over end towards the field goals, that would change. I think we all find it a little awkward. It's like a game that we're playing slightly handicapped for no reason. And I don't see why we shouldn't continue to improve football. The main change I can see just looking at the game with a flash is that the ball is too pointy. So I'm not a scientist, but I think (laughs) you just argued that a rounder ball would create more randomness than a pointy ball. And I don't think that's how that works. Well, think about how much more and strangely the ball might bounce. I'm not saying it shouldn't be pointy at all. I'm just saying it should be less less pointy. Um, Like picture uh, a round ball with two little like nipples on the end. I'm really not not trying to to sound pedantic here, but well, so there there already is a a softened football, and that's the ball they use in rugby. I feel that. Yes, Um, a rugby ball. That's what I'd like to see used. I mean, why do we even change from a rugby ball? Like, oh, well, okay, we- so one thing that would happen if the football wasn't pointy is when you, well, there's, it wouldn't be able to travel as far in the air, probably, depending on the size of it. So that would make football less exciting. Uh, the other thing is when you punt it, instead of falling and bouncing around, it would just always roll into the end zone, which doesn't seem desirable. In, mm. if you're oh, trying to create okay, but teams would have to plot and plan and build around that. I think the game would evolve around that in some very exciting ways. Already, punting is like the worst part of football. And that's, yeah. a, a lot of that is the ball's fault. I, I can't think of a good reason to change it. I'm not sure I heard one. Well, actually, you you walked me right into it. It's punting. When you punt, the ball <laughs> is almost this. always just bounces out of bounds or takes a weird bounce or does something kooky, and it's kind yeah. of unexciting. If the ball were rolling around, there could be maybe after the punt, you're allowed to kick it a couple times. I don't know. What? I'm just saying, like, it's time for a change. Uh, the football needs to do something. I think the most important problem for football is the pointiness of the ball. So I'm proposing something more like a rugby ball. Um, well, much like your proposed ball, I don't think you have a point. Um, I would stick with the current football because it creates randomness. All right. Moderator, what'd you think? (laughs) 
Uh, well, you know, I was taken by Mina's point that when you when you did punt the round ball, it would simply roll out of bounds, which is really boring because part of what we like to watch is the funny men in the tights run around chasing the ball that mm, bounces. That is true. So I'm sticking with the pointy ball. It's simple. It's like a. It makes it more fun. The pointy ball does introduce a sort of slapstick element that is quite exactly. fun. Exactly. Yeah. It's also the passing. What do we do with yeah. the passing? What do you do? He yeah. Yeah. Just Come on. Heave a sphere. It's not it water like polo. A little more, yeah. I don't think we should um, overlook Healy's proposal also that you make <laughs> it a little less pointy, but you also stick two little pieces of Nerf on either end of the football? <laughs> yeah. Nipples, he called That this. could be something, because think about, nipples? like, the, the Nerf could get ripped off and ripped up during <laughs> the game. I'm not sure you change out the Nerf. I think what? you leave it in there the whole game. Why did you call them nipples? Oh, the Nif, that was a different idea where basically we, and that's not a good one because it would maintain the same amount of pointiness. But picture, like, a soccer ball with two football points on either end. What are you talking Nerf about? Like two football breasts. On the <laughs> yeah, basically. Picture you cut the points off a football, include them onto a soccer ball. I think that could be interesting. Oh, okay. I'm not saying it would now improve. Now I understand. You shouldn't have said nipples. You you meant like a cone bra, like Madonna used to wear. Yes, yes, like Madonna used to wear. Exactly. <laughs> but on a ball. Yes, but on the ball. I. I can't argue with that. I mean, that's that also a terrible worst. idea, but at least we understand what you're, the image you're trying to convey here. Mina, you submitted this topic. I'm a little curious about it, that Belichick would beat McVeigh in the octagon. Yes. You I, want, I think it's debatable. Do you want the pro side of that? Where are you coming down? I, I, well, do you, are you guys on the same side? Because I'd be curious to hear if there's any dissent. I mean, I kind of don't think so. So I'm on the con. Okay. Yeah. I'll come at me. I'm I'm taking Belichick. In All this. right, go for it. <laughs> we ready? Yeah. Is this happening? Throw down. Moderator, you want to read right. us in? Yeah. I mean, so okay, two reasons. One, I'm a huge believer in old man strength, just from. Ooh. Growing up, seeing my dad beat my brother, despite the fact that my brother is like kind of yoked and works out constantly, my dad, who is you know heavier and obviously significantly older, can still beat him in arm wrestling. I believe like old man strength is a real, tangible, physical property that I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's you know genetic or something. So there's that. The second reason is um, I've only watched a little bit of MMA, but one thing I've gathered is. There are all kinds of weird rules and people get disqualified. And if there's anyone who would know how to exploit the real, like the weird rules, the arcane details of MMA, it would be Bill Belichick. Okay, those are strong points, but I think I can refute them pretty easily. First of all, I think your old man strength is one explanation for your dad beating your brother, but another one is basically like psychological. It's kind of hard to beat your dad. I think that's more what's going on wow. in your brother's mind. And I don't think that old man strength is a real thing. I mean, I think some old men are kind of wiry and strong, but it's not really a real phenomenon. As for the weird rules, interesting point. But Sean McVay is not an idiot. He's also going to know the weird rules of MMA. And it just comes down to we're talking about a 30, what's he, 31-year-old guy taking on a guy who is close to 60, who doesn't take great care of himself, who looks like shit who looks saggy and unhealthy all the time, who I think lives largely a life of the mind and not one of the body, uh, was never a great athlete himself, 
And I think Sean McVay would tear Bill Belichick to pieces in the octagon. Uh, you kind of made my argument for me when you said oh, that old man strength might not be physical. In the case of my brother and my dad, for example, it would be psychological. Who better to exploit psychological paternalism than Bill Belichick? Who would be more likely to intimidate a young buck into making a foolish error straight out the gate than the hoodie himself? Okay, he does it that- to coaches every Sunday. That is fair. That is fair. But when they're in the octagon, McVeigh is going to know, okay, those advantages are gone. Now I'm just in my domain. I got this guy. As long as he doesn't overthink it and psych himself out, he should be able to do very short work of Belichick. He looks like a healthy young man. He played some ball himself. Uh, you know, he's just going to be ready for it. He's full of energy. He's come. Look, he got himself to the Super Bowl. Okay. This is not a guy who wilts under psychological pressure. We'll see on Sunday if the Belichick mesmerizing him causes him to completely collapse. I don't think we're going to see that at all. It's possible that Belichick will outcoach him. That's the one thing that Bill Belichick has absolutely been put on the earth to do, uh, strategize and win football games, but he's not been put on the earth to win fights in the octagon. Sean uh, McAvoy, what's the name? McAvee? McVeigh. McVeigh. Sean McVeigh is a perfect, he's like in the top I don't know, 5% of young, healthy American males. He's a, he's a tough guy. He's a good fighter. He's going to make short work of Belichick. I just, and this is the last thing I'll say, the way I see this playing out is very clear. It's vivid in my mind. Sean McVay, he's not that big, by the way. He's like 5'8". Oiled up, tan, buff, wearing one of those wrestling unitard type things. Comes out, Belichick gross with the hoodie, you know, eating some Fritos is sitting there. McVeigh, with a full head of steam, I don't know why I'm mimicking that, runs toward him, just going to use all of his strength, and Belichick just executes some little subtle sleight of hand that causes McVeigh to break the rules immediately. Interesting. Moderator, talk to us. Here's the thing, buddy. I think <laughs> you're probably right at the end of the day, Healy. <laughs> Or rather, your side is right. But Mina had you on the back foot the whole debate, and all you were able to do was respond basically to her points, but I didn't really feel the thrust of a new original argument coming back the other way. So I'm going with Mina. Yeah, I mean, I think she won the debate. I need an, I want Healy, you of all people, you're the one who's coached me to be image based with your debating, and I didn't get an image in my head of how. The hoodie would beat Sean McVay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I need yeah. to see that. <laughs> yeah, I you're th- right. And I, I mean, the fact uh, is, I mean, oh. part of the problem is I cannot summon a real clear image of Sean McVay in my head. I don't really know. By what the he way, I just like. looked him Sean up, McEvoy, and that yeah. cemented the whole thing. A picture of him, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Belichick's gonna crush this guy. <laughs> He's kind of a generic-looking guy. Yeah. Do you think that most of the time the coach who would win in the octagon is who wins the Super Bowl? Does that is that a good Ooh. test for? Wow. Gamblers and analysts wow. out there. Is there something just raw and physical about it all, That's or is it really mental? A great take. Or is it both? And it does the octagon bring it all out? Now, you know? Healy, that reminds me of your theory about presidential elections. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> your theory is that the sexier candidate. Oh wins yeah, yeah, yeah. The sexier the in every presidential election, the sexier candidate. Every does election prevail. now, you're saying it's always uh, true. I think, wow. at least in the television era, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> There's something to be said for it. I mean, I guess I... I oh, actually, wait. I can think of... A possible exception is Adlai Stevenson was could have been perceived as sexier than Eisenhower. But, I mean, in a way, the election itself is a test of who's sexier, right? Mm. 
Didn't we have a bonus debate last year about the sexiest quarterbacks and we realized that they tend to be the good quarterbacks? Yeah, oh, yeah. you know what? I <clears throat> Is there truth to this? Maybe we talked about this last year, but like what happens that good-looking people end up being quarterbacks? Is that just because like you need like it starts at age 6 and you they like they just let the cute kid be quarterback because people just implicitly think that they're natural leaders? Is that what's going on? I think that's probably true in almost every industry and society. Right. <laughs> like that, the most like desired positions tend to flow to people who just on large are better looking. Yeah. Moderated. Mm, well, CEOs, I mean, shouldn't billionaires be better looking than they are under that? And like most of the billionaires don't seem very physically mm. appealing to me, but maybe mm. that's just a whole different set of skills and it's not, doesn't correlate. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. I here's my here's what I think um why I loved Mina's argument was about just sorry, just go back to the octagon, which is that like not to open old Seahawk wounds, but like oh boy. he Belichick will get the other guy to do the MMA equivalent yes. of passing from the one yard line. Right? Like hundred percent. Yes, like every time. But, the yeah. other guy will be like, why isn't he calling a timeout? What's going on? We oh, we could waste one. Just pass it. What? Are you sure? Yes. And then the next thing you know, you're on the ground. You're disqualified. And Belichick yeah. is still... Yeah. That's what he does, man. I know. He gets in their heads. He's, you know, living rent-free in every coach in the NFL's head. Mina, now I, I want to see Belichick in the octagon. Wait, Mina, is there any coach in the NFL that you think could you would count on to defeat Belichick in the octagon? Who? Head coach. Yeah, head coach. Current head coach. I'm trying to think of like who's really swole because that would it would have to be someone who has such an undeniable physical advantage. Because Sean McVay is young, but he's not a huge. He's actually pretty small. Um, so if there's anyone who's just like just yoked, I'm trying to think. Seems like oh, uh, Mike Vrabel. Vrabel, former Patriot. Great yeah. call. Great call. Yeah, oh, he you is. Know. He is jacked. And he'd want to be, you know, like the, the son defeats the master kind of element going on because he used mm. to work for the mm. Patriots. So. That's great. I'd pay to see that. Yeah. yeah, we all would. Maybe they should do that as the halftime show. <laughs> Mina, this isn't a debate, but I have to ask, who retires first, Brady or Belichick? I would have always said Brady yeah. until recently, but increasingly I think it might actually be Belichick. I think Brady is going to play until he's 45. Don't you? Yes. I feel like he has to. Yeah. It's it's the only thing left for him to prove. And he's Yeah, good. And like that's his it's like his business yes, now and his brand, right. his longevity. So The idea of a man playing football at age 45 makes me like physically sick. It's uh, it makes me uncomfortable to think about. Either he'll <laughs> his body will be destroyed or like we've entered some freakish new era where like 45 year olds are going to be like as good as 21 year olds. And it's just going to be, it's going to mess up society in that way. It's crazy. See, so just not to get too football-y here, but Brady has been basically untouched this postseason. Right. Uh, he's been pressured on like 14% of dropbacks, which is like the lowest in playoff history, something. So, and there, there's a number of reasons for that um, scheme, his quick release, the offensive line, yada, yada. But the summer, like the result is, it's not that hard, physically hard for him to be out there at the moment. And also the new rules help where you can't really hit quarterbacks the way you used to. So there's no, like, it's not actually that physically taxing for him. Do you think the NFL will continue to, like, skew the rules to favor that 
basically yes. for this reason. 100%. They've been doing it really aggressively for a few years. Do you think part of the Rams game plan is going to be to fuck up and injure or at least hit hard Tom Brady? <laughs> so do you guys know Aaron Donald mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. um, so there's a picture of him today on the internet. You can check my Twitter. I posted it. He's 280 pounds and he is the most muscular human I've ever seen. Like just his muscles have six packs, you know, that kind of thing. And he is probably the best defensive player in the NFL, maybe in the last like 10 years. So this game is entirely going to swing on whether he can hit Brady. Now, I look, I'm scared of Aaron Donald. Be, like from a gameplay, just him, just like getting his sacks or, you know, stuffing the rush, all of those things. But when it comes to like more of what Healy's talking about, like a dirty play or injuring Brady, you <laughs> Sue. know, it's Sue. Yeah. I'm scared of him. Yeah. He, I mean, what is it? We're he talking about, he's got nothing to he's lose, really right? He could, he could just stomp on Brady's foot and send him out of the game. He doesn't care. I, I had a colleague interview him recently and was like, so you, the whole, it's one of those things where the interview is like working up to the question that you want to ask, but you got to like ask a million other questions. So he's like, so, you know, like about your reputation. And then if you don't know, Nadama Kongsu is just famous for like stomping on dudes ankles, like kicking them while they're down. Dirty, dirty player. Dirty, dirty, dirty. It hasn't been as much this year. And so but when he asked him this, he was just like, what are you talking about? Like, he just pretended like he had no idea. Like he, it's totally, he's completely compartmentalized it. I just looked up Aaron Donald. I never really looked at him. Just did a quick Google image search, and I looked at his face. Most of the pictures were of his face, and his face looks kind of gentle, I got to yes. say. Yes. Did that, you find a shirtless one, though? Yeah, he looks very, very strong, but like a gentle giant, and I'm just, <laughs> does he have the aggression, Mina? He looks like, you know those things at the beach where it's like a, painted board of like a buff couple and you yes, can put your yes, head through yes, this. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's what he looks like to me because you're right. He does have this like gentle teddy bear face. On, like, I, I looked at him and I was like, if body. I'm Tom Brady and I'm just learning about this guy, I'm looking and I'm just looking at his face. I'm not that scared. Well, Tom Brady's not just learning about him. He's, he's a football player. He's very aware. Let's hope not. Do you think, he's going li- yeah. <laughs> to listen to this show. Whoa, there's this guy, there's, I gotta look Donald. Up, I gotta, I gotta Google image search Aaron Donald. Okay, I'm here in Atlanta. I've checked Bowl. into my room. Tomorrow we're going to the aquarium. Yep, and World of Coke. That's our day. But before then, can you somebody just tell me, like, who are some of the guys I'm going to be playing against? And are they strong? Healy, do you think you could take on Aaron Donald in the octagon if he's such a gentle giant? No, I think I could beat him in a trivia contest. Maybe I don't could know. Maybe he's really in, smart. Wait, wait, wait. Could you take him in the octagon if he had no weapons and you had two machetes? That's interesting. Two machetes? No, he would knock them out of my hands within seconds. I think. I mean, I would what just try and slash his gentle face and hope that he would mess up because he's trying to protect his handsome face. Yeah, what would you need? What Haley? weapon? What weapon would you be able to effectively wield? A grenade. Um, yes, yeah, small the gun. Least powerful <laughs> weapon that you could beat Aaron Donald with. In here least powerful combat. weapon that I could beat him with it would be a very a strong, sturdy spear. 
Oh, that's what I, I would want. I don't think oh, you've got a chance, dude. Javelin one style. Spear. You don't know what you're doing. A really with good a spear, a spear that was very, very problem. sharp and had a like ferocious blade mm. on the end. Maybe like a trident. Even I think I could. No, no, no. But the problem with the spear is you have one jab and then it's game yeah. over. And you're if done. he dodges that jab, you're, you're then screwed. Then he's pulling you that's... close and squeezing you tight. <laughs> Healy, that's honestly... true. I might wait for him to make a move and then go for his eyes. I think that would be, basically be my plan. Okay. I think the answer. Is honestly like a pistol. <laughs> yeah, a gun would be good. But yeah. even oh, then, I'm not guns? sure. It's not a done right. deal. I would want like those Wolverine style claws. Okay. That'd be smart. <laughs> yeah, pure adamantium. That would be good. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing you can have, but. What about what about do, do you think if I had a can of bear spray that I could defeat Aaron Donald in the octagon? I would if you could, that would be a great endorsement for bear spray. Yeah. Oh, like acid, like a bucket of acid. Yeah, I would more likely that acid would end up in my face. I think. Well, guys, what a treat! I think we covered it, Nina. Dude, thank you so much for joining us again this year. Always a pleasure. Hey, Mina, you have your own podcast. We should tell people about that. Do you want to describe it for everyone? Sure. Yeah. It's um, if you jo- enjoyed the football-y portions of this conversation, <laughs> you might enjoy the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny. Uh, you can find it on anywhere you get your podcasts, I guess. Love it. What is Lenny? Um, can you give us just a taste of what Lenny sounds like before you sign off? Because uh, we understand that you ask questions as Lenny occasionally on the podcast. Yeah, so I ask one question. It's usually like a rude kind of insulting question. And I do it in his voice, and I've been trying mm-hmm. to wean myself from doing his voice because it's often humiliating to ask a guest. But whenever I've tried to stop doing it, the listeners revolt, so I can't get out of doing this voice. Do you want me to ask you like an insulting question, like Lenny in sure. his voice, yeah, or yeah. which one of you? I don't. There's. Just, I mean, I don't even know Healy. where yeah, to obviously ask, ask Keely. Oh, okay. Uh oh. <clears throat> this is what it sounds like. Well, the pointy ball one was really bad, so I'm going to go there actually. <clears throat> so this will be for Steve. Sorry, <clears throat> Steve. Oh, see, it's so bad. What were you thinking with that idiotic claim about the pointy ball? <laughs> Look, you know, Lenny? 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 <laughs> you know, I was just remembering being a kid and the pointiness of the ball nibbles, like being a problem. Nibbles! Steve! Nibbles! <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so you ask questions in that dog voice to professional <laughs> athletes? <laughs> that sounds like a show I'll check out. It doesn't always go over well. (laughs) (laughs) Mina, Uh, but yes, it's on the podcast. And your official Super Bowl prediction is? I've got the Pats. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, sadly, yeah. I understand. All right, we'll see what happens. Thank you for joining us, as always. Healy, what's your prediction? My prediction is Pats in a a decisive win. I think that Vegas line is beautiful. I'd take it. Davis? I'll, you look, the Pats have a wonderful history of winning by a field goal in the Super Bowl. I'll stick with that. Pats by a field goal. Yeah. You guys have made me kind of want to watch the... Really? The yeah. I might... I'm, I can't decide now. You got it. I was it. definitely not going to watch it. You got you to gotta watch the game. You don't is it okay to, you don't to have watch to. it? It's you not. Had that it's whole really not. Davis, is it okay about... to watch the game? 
it's I think it's okay to watch, but I also think it's like commendable to not watch. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be commendable to not watch. Healy, is it okay to watch the game? Yes, it's fine. They're gonna play it either Mina, way. Mina, well is it okay to watch the game? Well, it's my job, and I have an entire <laughs> podcast about it, so I hope you do. Um, I don't know. I I think of that as like. You cannot watch. It's kind of like being vegan. It's probably good for the environment. Right. And it's going to go on it, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I eat fair. meat. <laughs> I love it. So do I. Okay, guys, what a treat. Mina, thank you so much. Everybody hit us up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. Great Debate 69 everywhere. Email us. Tell us what you think. Tell us who you think is going to win. Tell us what snacks you served. Tell us whether you think I should watch the game or not. I'm interested in all that stuff. And we'll see you very soon on The Great Debates. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.